0: making the marriage and so is there a minimum amount needed so Beis Hillel said yeah just a pruta you know the smallest coin copper coin and then Beis Shammai said no you need to have the the silver coin at the minimum and the question is where did Beis Shammai get that from where did that opinion come from um so that that was the question and we've had a few views we're right now in the view of Rav Shimin Ben Lakish Reish Lakish uh, where it, how did he know uh, the theory in Be'i Shammai? Now, once you say the theory in Be'i Shammai, then you have to figure out why Be'i didn't like that. Or the, But um, he, uh, it's going to be about a paragraph up um, on, uh, on 11b. So, uh, it's it Rav ben Lakish Omar. He says, time into Be'i Shammai. He said, the reason of Be'i Shammai we can infer from a teaching of Chizkiyam. What did Chizkiah teach? So this is the story. When you sell a, um, a maidservant, or um, a Hebrew servant, I believe is true as well, uh, and they've worked, um, let's say it's part of their term, and they managed to come up with the money that they don't have to be a slave anymore. It's no fun to be a slave. So the rule is that you have to let them buy their freedom. That's what the word hefta means, that they can be redeemed. Now, you can, uh, it's, uh, once you own them, you can insist uh, that you don't want to give them up. You train them, you're happy with them, uh, and so uh, you, don't, uh, you, you as a master may not want to let them go. So the halacha is that not only do you have to let them go, but you have to give them credit for time served, meaning that if they worked or halved, so then you can deduct the time that they worked from the, the cost to redeem them. So, Malamid shemigrem epidyon novi that you can deduct from the amount needed to buy their freedom and then they could go free. That's, that's a very clear um, you know, halacha from the Torah that you have to allow them if they come up to the money to go free and you have to give them credit for time served. If they worked for five years, you can't say, well, you're, you're stuck unless you pay me the whole thing. You, they, uh, they can give, that you can deduct for what the years, they, they you know, prorate it, so to speak, and then let them go.
1: Particular rate per year.
0: Yeah, depending on how much they sold for, then you would figure out how to how to figure out how much they need. Since since talking about
1: the Hebrew maid servant has to be talking about her father redeeming her because she's still like
0: she's 12. Um, who else would redeem her? I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe a relative or somebody or. Can
1: redeem herself because she's still cooking,
0: basically. If she somehow came into money, I don't know where she'd get the money from. Uh, but you're right, you're right. In other words, where'd the money come from? But but at the end of the day, if she has the money and she wants to present it, uh, I, we, we don't know where she got it from. Wait a, a cotton can't redeem herself, can she? Well, it's it's not so much that she's doing anything. The master's obligated to let her go if if the money is repaid. On her behalf. On her behalf. Oh. So what Pete is pointing out is that, you know, she's still a minor. She'd go back living with her father, I assume, or whatever, or the... Uh, she can't take care of herself. So, yeah, that's all true, uh, but at the end of the day, the master has a mitzvah that if somebody wants to redeem her, because uh, really we view this as not the ideal situation where a person has to serve as fellow man. We're not meant to be servants, and so if they somehow come up with the money, the the uh, the unique part here is that you have to give, have to let them uh, get, give them credit for time served. People weren't. Um, you'd say, of course you have to give them credit for time served. People weren't fair when it came to slaves, you know, or whatever. It's like, you know, oh, I have to give them, no, I'm not doing anything. I like, you know, they, slave masters weren't known for giving any credit or anything like that. So that's what it's saying over here is that you do have to give them uh, the credit. So, dinner. so the Torah mentioned that you purchased her for a, a, a coinage, a certain amount of money. So if you pay a certain amount of money, so then, when it comes to redeeming, demigrav ozol ad pruta, you can deduct. And uh, from that, lesser coins, and so she'll pay less than the purchase price. But if you say, when the Torah says the um, the amount of money, it could even mean a penny, e'yayamist yayev pruta, that you could purchase a maidservant for a pruta, and uh, then there's no way that you can deduct for time served, because there's There's no less than a pruta, pruta mi pruta, mi migra. So clearly the term used, the Torah uses the same amount of money, is not a penny. It's not a small amount, it's a bigger amount. that's, That's the proof that we're trying to say. The Torah uses the same term for money there as it does to get married. And over there, clearly, it's an amount of money that's dividable by smaller sums. And so obviously it's not the smallest currency. So too, when you get married, it can't be it's the smallest currency that you get married with. That's the proof that Gemara wants to bring, and so that's why that's probably what the reason for Beishama. So Gemara says, how do you know to learn the Pusik that way? Dilma, maybe this is what the Torah is saying. Maybe it depends on um, that sometimes a servant. I mean, just picture this: she, she might be six years old. Uh, they may not be such a good servant. You know, it depends on the personality. They you know, maybe they're worthless, you know. Maybe they don't maybe they're more work than it's worth, right? So you you might not have had to pay too much. Uh, and sometimes this was just a person doing a favor for the father who couldn't care for her, right? And so it's a uh but the girl is it's a form of adoption and you're putting the money up to take care of this girl. So uh it could be you didn't have you why should you have to pay big bucks for that? You're doing the favor. So uh hey could the I've laid dinner if you thought she was a good worker and you paid big bucks for her and now she wants her freedom, tigra ad pruta. So then you have to, have to deduct for time served. Heka de yaev le pruta. But if on the other hand, you really were just doing her the favor, she really was not such a good servant, you bought her for a penny, so lo tigra cloud, then you don't have to deduct anything. And uh, maybe you could interpret the Torah that way. So, uh, and really we're talking about uh, the amount of money could even be cheap uh, pennies. So the more I answered as we turn to today's page, lo Um We wouldn't assume that way that we're talking about so little. Do me a yid. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So just to take a step back, I don't understand, why is the master giving the maidservant money?
0: He's not giving her money. He's deducting from her redemption fee for time served. Okay. He's retroactively paying her for time for his benefit from her. hmm Yeah. No,
1: what, he, what he's doing is he paid the full amount for her. If she's leaving early, then he gets back to work. Oh,
0: prorating. He's prorating, prorating. yeah, if that's the term made. Oh, right. oh,
1: oh. How much more does she owes, So mm-hmm. for, that, for that extra amount of
0: time. Right, But he's not giving her, he's just, he's not requiring her to pay her full purchase price to to get out of slavery, but he's allowing her to be prorated and to get credit for time served. That's but when the
1: line is the
0: master gave her a pruta he purchased her for a pruta that's what it means when he purchased her for a penny so then if she wants her freedom he, he he she can't give him any less to get out so that's okay. the that's the, minimum. Okay. that's the minimum so the more answers don't assume that and again it has to do with when the torah talks about these sums is it a minimum sum or a larger sum so there is a mitzvah there when the, when the person adopts this girl or takes her in uh, that uh, in an ideal world, we would like him to marry her. And, the, and the, the marriage word is called yid. That word yid means that he decides, oh, she's very pleasant. Uh, he'll take her, uh, take her as a wife for himself or his son. So my yid, gafti iboi miyoid. Now, it's really optional because, uh, you know, he may decide that she suits him and, and that she want, he wants to take her, and he may decide he doesn't. Uh, there, clearly, the Torah isn't requiring him to marry her. Do midi and mayid alfa di boy miyayid, vi boy If you want to, you could. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Kol hecha delo mati um Do you want to say uh, wherever he doesn't eventually decide to marry her, it's not a sale? No, it's just an option. Achanami here also Kol uh, de just because there's no way to give credit for time served because you didn't pay very much. In other words, if you paid the the smallest coin, there's no way to give any credit uh, because you didn't you didn't have enough money in there to give any credit. So lohab, you want to tell me it's not a um, uh, it's not a sale? Of course, it would be a sale, and so therefore that it doesn't prove that it has to be that there was a significant amount of money paid for the woman. Okay, so looking at that, we're trying to discuss whether you see from there that the money used was definitely a significant amount, or no, sometimes there isn't a significant amount. The Kedusha, Lebe and where would we learn um, the uh, the marriage laws uh, for, um, uh, uh, for a woman? It comes out, they're learning from the laws of a female servant, my ame just like an uh, a female servant a pruta won't do the trick lo uh, won't do the trick. I of a palga de dinner. All right, now we have a next question. Okay, so it's got to be some sum, it's got to be more than a penny. So how did you go all the way from a penny? Yeah,
1: I'm trying to understand the link learning from kedushin to the maidservant, because there's no concept of kedushin with a maidservant. He just, there's nothing there. So how can we compare the two cases when fundamentally they're different?
0: Because it's just talking about the money used. It used a similar word uh, when the Torah discusses purchasing or u- the use of money, and the question was, is that a minimum amount of money? So when the Torah uses money uh, talking about a maidservant, it definitely meant that it wasn't a penny, it was a, it was a minimum amount. Here too, when the Torah talks about the use of money in marriage, it's a, it was, it's, we're doing a comparison, we're doing a, a search on the computer every time the Torah uses the word kesef, uh, where a transaction takes place with money, and so we're trying to figure out, does, is there a certain minimum amount that the Torah means? So well, it's,
1: technically, it could have been any scenario dealing with money whatsoever. Right? It doesn't necessarily have to have been a maidservant. So.
0: Yeah, but that's another case that the Torah talks about. That's right. The Torah talks about the use of money over there, and over there we see it's not the minimum amount. So we're go, we're just extrapolating that over here also when by marriage uh, to to get engaged, the Torah is not talking about the minimum amount, which would be just a pruta. So since over there where the Torah uses. Uh, the, the use of the word money, it doesn't refer to the minimum money. It refers to a significant amount of money. Here, too, probably when the Torah uses the exact same term, it means a, a significant amount of money, not just a penny. But our question is, all right, so it's not a penny. How do you know to bump up to a silver coin? You know, the, uh, Rashi brought before that it's like eight times as much. Maybe it's, uh, it's half a dinner. <laughs> so why a whole dinner? Maybe it's a half dinner. Or maybe it's two prutos. So uh, how do we know to bump all the way up to upgrade to like the next level? So the answers uh me a dinner. Once we no longer are using the pruta, so we go to the next currency, the next level, uh, which is uh, uh, which is a, a dinner. Rabbi says time He says that and the logic is is that he says that Torah didn't want it to be cheap. To acquire a Jew, a wife, it's got. There's got to be, you know, that something important's got to cost something, and so, you know, even though they both want to do the mitzvah, they want to get married, but a person has to show he values that uh, uh, that exchange. Okay. So, but uh, Before we were trying to explain Beis Now we're getting to Beis So, so Bezhilo said a pruta. So So what exactly is a pruta? I've been calling it a penny. I've been calling it a copper coin. What exactly is it? So he thought to say it's koldahu. It's the smallest amount, whatever that is. A koldahu, anything. how can you say it's the smallest amount? Valak Tani Kamihi Pruta. Didn't the mission itself tell you how much the pruta is? Echad Isri Talki. It's one of those Italian coins. You remember, the, we had the Tosos that they add the key there It's Italy, and they call it a talki. It's just a, it's an eighth coin. The key, Tema, Hani Mili. So you see, it's not necessarily just a penny, it's, uh, it has a, a set value. So maybe you want to say, Hani Mili Bidor Shamosha. Maybe that's what the value was at the time where the Torah was written, uh, at the time of the generation of Moshe. Over here, uh, maybe it has a different value. He tried to figure out what is the value of a pruta. And he said, He also came up with that. How big is it? They came up with a little different formula. They said it's the sixth of the Italian Italki. So, the um there seems to be a dispute about how much is a pruta that's really what we want to know is it the smallest coin no matter what you know i guess suppose in different societies small is even smaller you know like the or so what's what's the minimum size over here what's Base Hillo Sank? so we're going to do a little math i'm not going to do the math you'll have to do the Rashi's and figure this all out about whether it's a, a sixth of a pruta or a sixth of an italian coin or an eighth of a coin well, let's figure out the change. See, if you're using a scale, I guess you can measure it all. You take the money on one side and you take the pennies on the other and you see how many pennies. Uh, but I, I guess it's not simple. Like we, we know 100 pennies go in a dollar. It wasn't so clear how many prutas went into a, a cellar. So, Yosur uh it says there's like more than 2,000. Uh, that's incredible. But, Hashta Alpoim Lohavi. He says, "What does it mean? Like more than two? It's not even two thousand He has the word; it's like close to two thousand. So, how how many pennies are there in the so so? Alpha It's a thousand five hundred and thirty-six. The kivin the nafli but we said once it's like above the the half mark, so we call it more than fifteen hundred. We call it. Close to 2,000. Uh, we, we were trying to say don't get hung up on. Sometimes when, it's, uh, small, when you dealing with small amounts, they tend to round the numbers. Uh, figured out. He, he tried to get an estimate. Now, the old-fashioned way of being a POSIK was to measure it yourself. In other words, let's say you want to know how much you need to drink for Kiddush. So you get an egg and you put it in the, you know, you figure you go and you measure, you go test it out. Like you figure if, if a pruta is a barley, you know, you know, is that, that's the way is like to, to, um, to test it, you know, see exactly what it is, you know, take the measurements. So each one tried to come up with the, uh, had a laboratory. And they tried to come up with what, what that amount was. So he said he came up with an eighth of an istitalkin. Uh, I mean, they had some coins, they knew what they were, and, and so you knew, you took the prutas and added them up to see how many it takes to get to the cellar. Uh, they said it was the sixth. comes out that we're seeing it, There apparently over history, there were two big opinions about this pruta. Was it a sixth of the Italian or an eighth of the Italian? You know what, this sounds like they're arguing in an earlier argument where is that the pruta the famous pruta that the sages always talk about that you need to have that minimum value um, now by the way we're all laughing a penny so i told you the story with the bisli, where the guy got engaged and you know this would happen in israel he takes the bisli and he puts it on the girl's finger and says are you and instead of throwing it in his face she ate it right so the question is is the bisli worth the pruta Is it worth a penny? So you'd have to like take a box of Bisley. How much did you pay for it? How many Bisleys in the box? and maybe it's only worth half a <laughs> you know. Like uh, Maybe you have to see it's a whole bisley and not a half. Like, so there are real questions sometimes, is something, uh, the Cracker Jack ring, with, you know those plastic rings, is it worth a penny? You know, you, I, It wasn't even, used to be able to put a penny or I think it was, a, it was a quarter into the machine and you would get something out. And sometimes they were like little kind of rings or plastic rings or, I, I don't know if they were worth anything. They had some that were better than others, right? right. Uh, but... Um, was it? Was a, it was a cord, I think it was. I don't think it was a petty. Expensive machines, I don't remember, because you could get stuff. Oh, you could get stuff for, oh, people, get stuff things, for a yeah, petty. Yeah, but right. not those big clear, clear. You're talking about the little clear. Yes, yes, things. that's right. That's right. That's uh, right, yeah. right. So that's the question, though: is what's that minimum amount that we're? What is the pruta? So the tadya putya mukham That's the eighth. Sheish mar kessif dinner ma shne punjin. And the way to figure it out is you have to take the various currencies that they had. They had a currency called a ma, and they had a currency called a pudjin, shnei isirim iser, and then they had another one called a musmakin, musmus, shnei kuntrikin, kuntris, te prutus. Uh, The the art scroll charted it out. I can't tell you that. Thank you there. Do we... Like again, again those are just names of currencies, right? That's I don't think there's translations even, those. whatever they whatever they, they were in use. One equals
1: two two one two One two
0: Right. So
1: according to the
0: so uh, if you got all those coins together and you did, and, you know, you do all the weighing and says nim it comes out that it's one of eight. Rav Shem says no, you you met, messed up on your um, uh, your money changing. It's three hadrasim l'mav, for and shne hanitsim lhadras and shne sh, uh, shmeinim Lanates, base putas Lishmin, nimsa pruta He says according to my calculations, it comes out achas mishishi isri talki. Mm. So what do they? How do they get this argument? Lema demaram. It sounds like that argument is similar to ours. Whether it's a sixth or an eighth. So an eighth of a, of, a, uh, of the yisur. So one says like the Tanakhama, Rav So he says Bay DD, We're really going in the first opinion. had the zul It it depends on inflation whether the price of the yisur went up or went down okay is there arba it took 24 to there's there's fluctuation in coin values um, in, in other countries it's, uh, we, they, they they always compare it like the dollars go up the dollars go down so when you exchange one coin for another sometimes it takes it's like Canadian money. You need more Canadian money to buy American money. There's, there's a, a, yes, and, and so we're just saying that the rate fluctuated, and so that would account for the differences in opinion. Okay, moving on. A uh, similar thing would be if somebody gets engaged with a date. A date was very cheap, especially if you have date trees, and it was probably worth less than a penny. So what happens if a person proposed to a woman, he got engaged with a date? So if you'll amikor um, tomorrow, so well, let's figure out how much is a date worth. So if you can buy a whole core of dates for a dinner, so um, it comes out that the dates are less than a penny. If you if you can buy a whole pound of dates for uh, a dollar, if you figure out uh, how much is one worth, it's half a penny. So how can it be good? So he says mikudashis. It is good. Chashein and Shema if you sell it in, uh, in Fresh Market or Whole Foods, they'll charge a dollar for it, a penny for it. In other words, there's some other place. It could be right now on the farmer's market and you can get it for less than a penny. But there's some other place they'll pay more for it. Monday actually just means like another city or a suburb. or There, there you can't get anything for a penny. And, and they're saying that, that if that's the case, as long as it's, uh, put a someplace, then it's... Ah, so that's going to open up the next discussion, right? Oh. What if it's not worth something here, but it might be worth something yes. elsewhere? Right. Uh, they said um, it's got to be a whole pruta. To be sure, it has to be worth a pruta here. But if we're not sure if it's worth a pruta here, we still have to say she might be married because it may have a whole pruta's worth of value somewhere else. As again, money or when you're dealing with commodities, it's it's all up in the air. I'm surprised they wouldn't say she's married in someplace else and not married here. So uh, I don't know so how to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> that would, that would be hard to. Uh... So you're going to say in the city where it's worth something, so she's engaged over here. if She's worthless. Okay,
1: that's it. Out in the suburbs, right? to the the dispute here is how much money is it to take to do the engagement? Or right, that's right. So the thing is, the people who say the pruta, they initially say, though this is, now they say, you know, pruta is not that small. Pruta mm. can be more, and also depends how you measure That was the previous discussion. So this right, is yeah. the conversation that the pruta is more yeah. than what you think. That's correct. You don't just think the pruta right. is too small enough. Mm. So this is probably the argument people who say you need to have more than a pruta. Right, right. Uh-huh. Because, you know, if mm. you say pruta is too small, now that, pruta is not that that's small.
0: That's right. But now we're pointing out that even if the pruta is it's only worth a pruta here or less than a pruta, what if it's worth more somewhere else? And as money, just pay, as a commodity, a date, maybe somebody will pay, ran the farm, nobody will pay a penny for it. But if you take it to uh, somewhere else, then it's. Uh, North Pole. Mm-hmm. Right, right. If
1: you take it to somebody who's really hungry, <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: So then, the the question is: We're saying that when we say a pruta, uh, it means to be for sure engaged. But if it's less than a pruta, it's going to end up being a doubt. Maybe you know it, it has to be redone. So now the mora brings some stories to see how to how to judge. gavra. There was that man, the Aktish bezada de erdi. He he gave her like a bunch of like a mat. He gave her like it's very uh, Rashi says a I think it's like a uh, a bunch of uh, a certain plant, uh, like uh, a, a few lulaves or something, a few pieces of, uh, Does the art school it or? It says, um, mm-hmm. it's it
1: it says that it's stuffing a for a stuffing mattress. mattress.
0: Stuffing for a mattress. Stuff, 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 stuff. Uh, it's not very valuable. I'm so, um, Stuffed fabric. Stuffed fabric, okay. Um, so, some kind of, a uh, few plants put together. Or, or some stuffing. So, and the question was, was this engagement value, uh, uh, was it locked in? And this lady decided she didn't like him anymore, and she wanted to move on, but he said, but she took it. So the question is, did he lock her in with this stuffing? So, yes, he started evaluating. Well, let's figure out, is the stuffing worth the minimum amount? Lo. I, even if it's not worth a set amount, didn't Shmuel say Chashinin that we have to suspect maybe in some places they charge more for it? The We want to know. Uh, you're right. Is it a for sure thing or a maybe thing? So what we're trying to say is something has value. It uh, even though we're saying um, uh, we wanted, uh, we would always suspect that maybe there's some place where they'll pay the minimum. You know, pay something for it. Even if here they won't pay something for it. You go to a guy on a farm and you, know, you try to sell him an apple or so, you know these guys, a, a gazillion, doesn't even know what to do with it. He won't pay you anything for it. So for him, it's not worth a pruta. But the question is, it, it may be worth a pruta elsewhere. Now we have a famous case. The guy sees a pretty blue stone and he says, Great, now I can get engaged. He goes over to the girl. Look what I found. Will you marry me? So, Yasser Echistachemishirelan. So, let me see that stone. Is it worth a pruta? Then they're engaged. If not, not. not, not. And even if it's not a pruta here, what are we saying? Maybe there's somebody in a tourist shop. You know, they have tourist shops where they sell old stones, you know, they pick them up off the floor. Like You would never pay something for it, but once you see that there's like, it's a, something that they're selling over there, that your kids want to buy something, maybe it's worth some money over there. He didn't agree with him. So now the guy's mother piped in, and the guy's mother said, so the story was again, he gets engaged, He's on the farm, he finds a stone, and he runs over to her. He says, great, now I got something of value. Will you marry me? And look what I got. And he gives it to her. But then the rabbis start looking at that stone. I wouldn't pay a penny for that. That's worthless. So they weren't sure what to do. So now this guy's mother, who wants him to be married, pipes in. He says, well, rabbi, with all due respect, even though uh, right now it's not worth a penny, but on that day they that, that some they were collecting those the, the kids were collecting all those stones and uh, they were looking for that color so on that day ahu the Kacha have it be shever pruta so even though right now it's worthless but you should know when he got engaged uh, that yeah they are man and wife on hmm. he says love ko he says you know with all due respect the uh, you are not believed to make this woman forbidden um, uh, to, uh, to anybody. In other words, the mother-in-law is, is typically not, doesn't, isn't somebody to testify on this, um, uh, to forbid her to the next man. In other words, if we determine the halacha, that she wasn't engaged properly because it didn't have a value, this stone, uh, even though the mother-in-law claims it did, uh, but you don't have standing to uh, forbid the daughter. No, she took it. But if it's not worth a pruto, then she's not uh, not locked in. So the said, "Love, hide yehudis to be." So that's that's kind of insinuating that she was locked in when she took it. Because it was that's what the mother in law was saying. The mother in law oh, no. was saying, "Oh, you're married to my son. You can't go take another one." And she no. said, "I had it with your son. I want to marry yeah. someone else." And he was cheapskate. He gave me this this stone. And the rabbi said, "Looked into it, and the stone was worth less than a penny. Nobody would pay anything for it." But the mother-in-law said, "But you, he, he <laughs> she remembers that day. There was a the store was willing to pay pennies for it." So. Right. Uh, so she said, I'm sorry, mother-in-law, you don't have standing on this issue. Right. Uh, because the, the, the nature is close relatives aren't, aren't really believed to testify yeah, right. on and the rabbi, uh, the, the, especially yeah. she wants her son married, doesn't want to see this lady go, you know, grab someone else. So more brings a similar story of Yehudas de Beisod de Ravchia. So it's, it's interesting, you know, you think every rabbi has an easy marriage or whatever. So that, this was the famous Ravchia. So his wife, her name was Yehudas, and she had a very difficult pregnancy. She had twins, and uh, and uh, sometimes they, they didn't know how to take them out. They couldn't deliver, and so the women agonized for weeks to deliver the babies, and it was on the incredible pain. And so she decided that she didn't want to be with a husband after that because it was just not worth the uh, the pain, or she wanted to be sterile, whatever. So the haviletzar later, omrele aim. So uh, she told her mother that she can't, uh, can't see living with her husband anymore because she can't bear that pain of, of child. She's just not up to it. So her mother wanted to uh, help the daughter stay away from her husband uh, because the, the daughter felt she was not able to uh, go through a pregnancy again. So the mother goes to Rebchia and says, well, I have to come clean kadusha even though you think she's your wife her father had accepted a marriage proposal when she was little and so you know maybe you better not uh, take her as a wife anymore so onrelay he says uh, to he said to his figure to his mother Kokaminek to e to it's not that uh, the mother is really doesn't have standing to now forbid the daughter um I don't know more than uh, than that story what the what, what the simple details are, but that's that's how I understood it. This is, okay. Let's go back. That mother-in-laws don't have standing. Yes, yeah. I, I was just trying to understand the, the, you know, what was going on there. I mean, we're talking about a rabbi here with a rabbi's wife. And, you know, what, why can't she just tell him that she needs a break or it's too painful? You know, uh, but uh, that sounds like the mother-in-law felt that uh, the, she was against the marriage. And so she tried to tell him that it was really forbidden or the, the mother-in-law was throwing, a, 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 was trying to get involved. And so he said mother-in-laws can't get involved in these things. Uh, it's, uh, we're going to see in a second the mother-in-laws weren't always uh, weren't always bad sometimes well sometimes they uh, well let's let's wait for them okay so uh, getting back to the stone story so uh, he says well aren't there witnesses in, in that other city who know what the currency rate was for stones that day so and then maybe she's engaged so he said listen come on He says, right now, we don't have that testimony. And so we have to deal with the information we have. We can't go on a suspect. Maybe somebody knows the stone stone rate of that day and those witnesses are in some far off place. And this teaching is a teaching of Rokhanina. The it is beside Istan to If there are witnesses all the way in Istan, uh, somebody said there was a question of somebody uh, remarrying and there, there was somebody who knew testimony and they were trying to say, well, there may be witnesses over there. Uh, you have to kind of deal with the reality in the place you're in. They didn't agree with uh, Rokhista. They didn't agree with Rukhista. Uh, he said that uh, the question here is, do we um, ex- do we have to be afraid that maybe the the stone was worth the money and she's married and there may be witnesses that know, or do we not have to be concerned about that? So he said we find by um, somebody that's captured, a wife of a Cohen that's captured, that uh, we allow her if she claims that she wasn't raped to go back to her husband. Uh, now there may be witnesses that know about that, and there probably were other people who knew what went on and who was captured. Uh, but we were lenient over there, and we're part of the, uh, the the we we don't we don't have to go the other ends of the world to find other survivors who might have testimony, basically. So our real question is, what do we do when we suspect there may be somebody who knows more, but they're not in front of us in court? And really, the problem is, almost always, there'll be people who have more information somewhere. But we were lenient by the captives. So that proves that we can be lenient for for women to remarry. So they said, no, we're lenient by the captives. There's another factor there, that, if, that women have the ability to make themselves look disgusting, and uh, hopefully prevent being raped in those situations. So e- there, even if they were, uh, that was widely done, an individual woman may have gotten out of that treatment. She, there may be something that she could have done to get away from that. Should we be lenient on a married woman? Uh, so meanwhile, this uh, woman who got that blue stone, uh, she took the ruling that it wasn't worth the pruta and... Uh, even though were the mother in law and others said maybe that day it was, and she married a new husband and she had a family. There were descendants of that family in Surah, and the, uh, the Rabbonin wouldn't marry into that family. So it must be they held that you do suspect it's worth more money elsewhere. Now Morris says that's not the reason. Uh, the reason is they held like a Bai that we are. Um, uh, if you know there's witnesses somewhere else, you shouldn't be lenient. The question is, there's a difference between suspecting it may be worth something and hearing that there's testimony. Um, let's see Tosus here. will show you just some of the flavor here. And again, this comes up in many cases. It can't be that we suspect maybe there's witnesses. It can't be that we suspect maybe there's witnesses. There's no end. You could always be afraid. Maybe somebody knows something. That's what you hear on these, close, uh, these cases that they have. Maybe somebody saw. Somebody saw. And so if there's somebody, maybe we can resolve it. But uh, behind, it can't be that we're just saying maybe. By Nami Lakafert the Ika Sadi Dahu Shaitabi And you can't say there was somebody that knew the Pshita Alzheimer Hachmer. If we knew for sure, then we would be a str Mahmer. El Inir Louis Vaika Sadi Klummer Yotzikoshiesh Aidim. there was a rumor that there was somebody there who would know about that, that situation. Okay, back to the tomorrow. Somebody got engaged with a myrtle. Very romantic. He took a myrtle, a very pretty flower, like a nice myrtle, and he got engaged in the marketplace, and he, in front of everybody. So, He said, Is a myrtle worth a penny? He says, Well, first of all, you've got to whip the groom. Nagdei um, Karav, he says that you got a whip, and Rav said that you don't get engaged in the, in the marketplace. It's, it's too serious of a thing to have an engagement in, in, in like the marketplace. Like you're treating it like, oh, I bought a wife. <laughs> you know, you don't, so if somebody does that, you give them a lashing. you'll teach him to do that. But on the other hand, he needs a divorce, like Shmuel, who said that maybe it's worth a prutum. The Rav and out of the Makadosh Vashuk. Rav had a list of things that he used to whack people for. And one of them was if you get engaged in the marketplace. Uh, also, al Makadish babiyah, or if somebody got engaged by being intimate, he would give them a whacking. For al the below shiduchi. And if somebody just uh, 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 eloped with the girl that he met at the moment without having it being prearranged, he would also uh because that that's like you know he just meets a girl that's pretty and says okay will you marry me on the spot you know they, they weren't introduced he didn't he didn't do his no one no one said i want you to meet this girl she's a nice girl he just met this girl and gave her you know gave her a proposal will you marry me right so uh, uh he would if somebody did that he would give them al the we had this before if somebody sent a divorce to be given and changed his mind uh or somebody cast aspersions on the get. or if somebody's called to court and he makes trouble. This is a, a list of people that are troublemakers that are calling into question. Uh, either they do something very immoral, and yet you have, you have to, society has to keep up the has to be careful not to allow its uh, sense of dignity, uh, what's proper, or or or, uh, or they're casting aspersions on a divorce. Or, when a person is put into harem for 30 days, they're supposed to go and apologize. And if they don't, then they're in trouble. Or, a son in law that lives with his in laws, they would whack him. The dire in, it's only if he lives there permanently, the call of Lo, but not if he's passing through. Wasn't there that famous son in law that just passed by his in law's house, uh, for well, didn't live there? And Ben-Nagdeir of Sheshis lashed him. So Lemur says, Who made him have A Acham uh, the, uh he, That's because the rumor had it that he was having relations with his mother-in-law. And so, uh, so uh, basically, what, what happens is that when uh, the... Um, it seemed like in certain situations when uh, people lived with each other, the son-in-law was a stranger initially. And so uh, sometimes he would... Um, People got married relatively young, and sometimes there was a problem of the mother in law and the son in law getting together. And so, if they lived there uh, long term, that, that should be avoided. Nardoi said, he says, he didn't give, in Nardoi, we didn't whip anybody for that kind of stuff. It's only if they got engaged by intimacy without, uh, without uh, having formal process. The Ikariyami, some people say, even if they it was a totally uh, up and up uh, uh, engagement, but it's pritsus uh, to encourage uh, uh, into a man and a woman just getting together like that. There was a man that got engaged with a few myrtles together. It's not worth a pruta. So the guy said, even though you're right, in that thing that I gave her was not worth a pruta. But taktish Barbazuza Ispe, I stuck some money in there, in other words, hidden in those myrtles was a little bit of money, so and that should be engaged. Shaklisa, so the woman then took apart the myrtles, the and she then she saw the four zoos, but she was quiet. Ovish he said she was quiet after that happened. If She's quiet later. It, it doesn't mean anything. He gave her something that was worthless. And we're saying that's not an act of marriage. Later on, he said, oh, secretly there was money there. That doesn't do it. When she, when she received it, she didn't think she was getting a real marriage proposal because he was giving her something worthless. She, she didn't know it was inside. She didn't know it was inside, and she was. I. She was quiet afterwards. That quiet afterwards doesn't doesn't say that she, when she got engaged as an engagement. Oh, rub, where do I know this far that if the woman is quiet afterwards, that it, it, it's we're suspicious. Tanya, he says here. Do me a favor. Hold this money for me uh and I, i'm going to come back and get it and then later on he says you know what i want to marry you His and he says i'd like to get engaged i gave that to you yesterday and i didn't marry you now i want that to be my deposit to be married to you so if he said it when he gives her the money first he said can you hold this money? you know what let me marry you and i'll give you the money so if he did that right away so then they're married but if after she got it already, he said, "Oh, by the way, that money I gave you, I wanted to, uh, I want to marry you with it." Lachemat so If she's willing, then she's married. Lo If she doesn't, she's not. What does it mean? She's willing or not willing? Elam And if it just means did she say yes? Lo lo. So that means in the earlier case, we're going to have to figure this out on Shabbos. Um, so again, here we're having a question where a woman, there's a proposal with something that's not clear if the woman knew that it was a serious proposal mm. or not. And so the question is, can we ask her? Did she think it was serious? Or do we not ask her? That's, that's really uh, the question. Uh, let's take a quick look at Tosus here before I get into trouble. The third one from the bottom, Bekula law that says that Rav wouldn't whip them uh, for the son-in-law that lived in his in-law's house. So he says, So he says, He said, today, that's why, 800 years ago, sometimes son-in-laws live in the same house as their in-laws. And even if we suspect before that uh, sometimes uh, maybe the son-in-laws are doing something funny with the mother-in-laws, they're not doing it because they're attracted to the mother-in-law. They're doing it because the rent is a good price. They don't have to pay anything. The reason they want to live there is that they can't afford yet to go on on their own, so they live with their in-laws. There's certain benefits to that. And so we don't have to be suspicious that he really wants to be in close proximity to the mother-in-law to engage in hinky-pinky or something like that.
1: Okay. If he doesn't think this is because he just has financial
0: reasons. It's financial reasons, right. So today we can be lenient if the son in law lives. I've um, never done that. Well, yeah, right, right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, 50 years ago it was very common that the kids got married, they lived with their parents for sometimes for years. You know, it was like the. Uh, so there's an implosion. No, right, a right that's right.
1: But to understand the partiality society and the concern that um, she doesn't know. She thinks she may not want to marry the guy. With the money with the mat. Uh-huh. She says, Hold this for me. Well, and she does. Oh, okay, now you marry him and you accepted the money. I mean okay. so the I, I presume or concern that the uh, wife the woman knows what's going on and she specifically has to respond back. Mm-hmm.
0: So our um, question is we have to get into what the woman was thinking when she received it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, well, also, it's a little bit of a question. Will it work if once she finds out it's worth more, can it work now? Is it like, oh, you know, now she has the ability to accept it? Like, what happens if when she first got it, she didn't think it was a serious proposal? And now that she realizes that it is, is it too late to, to accept or, or not accept? That's part of the question we're in the middle of. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day. Good, Chavez. All, all the best. Thank you for that Chair, by the way.
1: But you know, in another hand, the kisses have all the other illicit, that we we'll call, a the illicit relationship. Right. And there's modern So The thing is, this this is back then. It was not really not a, not a, not a possibility. Otherwise, why the parasha talk about this? You know, mm-hmm. you should not uncover the nakedness. Right. Right.
0: That's right. Uh, with the. Um, in some cultures, they were attracted to each other. Like, we've built it up that people, they they know that they're relatives, you stay away, you know, they wouldn't even think of being, you know, having a relation, you know. But in other societies, the Gentiles did it.
1: Exactly, but they live as a, as a small group, you know, and mm-hmm. they, they look at some people, you know, some, some cultures, I don't
0: know. Right, right. In some cultures you got to watch. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's
1: better than, than having a fight with the mother Absolutely, so they're, right, they're, right. They're, That's like, right. Love yeah. and
0: war. Yeah.